everyone, and welcome to the Roasted Games Podcast. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Bill Price. And we are going to be, um, yeah, just kind of, I don't know, what, what are we doing today? We're kind of just <laughs> hanging out, just, talking games, shooting, the, shooting yeah. the breeze. No no real agenda today, just sort of, you know, just game talking, you know, like yeah. some game talkers do. <laughs> yeah, like those game talkers do. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're just kind of a just somebody a catch up sesh over games about over and about games, not over games. I guess we're not playing while we're talking about them, but sometimes it feels like it is. Um, but yeah, we're talking uh, just kind of whatever. We both have some games that are on the way. I think you've got a, the the uh, up on me that no no you have a bunch that just arrived. Yes, and order. a bunch that are on the way as well. And a bunch, so, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> The uh, yeah the the what do you call it? the schedule of uh, games on order and games that ha- that have been delivered are is continuing. I am still finally or I'm about to finally get the game that I ordered like two years ago I think uh, Carnival Zombie. It says it's on a shipping container heading this way. I, I'll fingers crossed. I, yeah, I'll believe it when it actually gets here. I feel like it's been a lot of uh, delivery promises over the years. It's <laughs> a thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, we were just talking about um, games that were getting to the table, and we were, we just decided to jump jump into the record because we were talking about uh, campaign games. And I was asking Bill about Legends of Andor. Is it is it Legends of yeah Legends of Andor? Yeah. This game that keeps popping up. And I I went to um, uh, a friend of my son's house. We went over to meet their family, and they are not big board gamers, but they have a few. And one that they do have was Legends of Andor, and they were kind of telling me about it, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds like a pretty cool game, and game I could like get into with my son, and my wife would probably be into it." And ever since then, it's one of those things where I just keep seeing it pop up everywhere. And so I saw it on this Ding and Dent sale. I saw it on a local uh, game exchange that we have here in Denver. And so I feel like the universe is sending me a message that <laughs> I must buy this game or try it out at the very least. So uh, I, I, I'm gonna probably pick it up. And once I have the space to to slot it into uh, my new game shelf or okay. my game expansion shelf, what game is on your mind, man? What game has been like weirdly? Uh, I don't know. Keeps coming back. Keeps popping up for you. Um, one that sort of keep keeps popping up for me. Let's uh, let's think. Um, gosh, nothing. Nothing keeps <laughs> popping up. Because when it when it pops up, I buy it, and then it's not. It doesn't pop up anymore. Just one pop up. Um, and it's like uh, it's like one of those carnival games where you have a BB gun. <laughs> as soon as you pop up, you're just like, "Pew, got it." Yes, boom, got it. Yeah. Now I did. I do want to brag that I finally won a game of Radlands. Oh yes, so, all right. Yes, we pulled it out again the other night, Kirsten and I, and uh, after going zero and two, uh, I am now one for one and three. So uh, we've played four games, and I won once. Nice. So uh, it is winnable uh, for me. So I've established that, and I'm I'm very proud of it. <laughs> I'm I I you know what I may never play it again just because now that I've won it, I've sort of peaked. You know? Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like I've I've pretty much proven my dominance at this point. Right. right? I mean, I've just figured it out. Um, yeah, no, I really, really like it. Yeah. The one thing we actually noticed, um, and one of the things I really enjoyed about it initially, the first go round that we played, um, it went by pretty quick. The last two games we played, uh, and maybe it's because we're just getting better at it or, uh, we're both kind of understanding the, the card synergies and stuff a little better, but, um, the last game in particular took like uh, like over an hour and a half. Oh wow. And th- this is a 20 to 40 minute game. So yeah. uh typically. So like part of like part of the charm of it is, you know, you just it's eminently replayable and you just uh oh, I lost or I won and let's play again. Mm-hmm. And um and the first one was like that it was probably 30 or 40 minutes. Uh, a little on the longer side, but then all of a sudden the last game, just for some reason or another, I don't know if it was the base combinations we had or it was uh, weird draws or, or what it was, but um, it just 
kept going and going <laughs> and going. And we weren't like sitting there like paralyzed with fear or anything. Like we just, it, it was utterly bizarre. I mean, we could probably huh. play it 10 more times and never f- find, you know, the same problem, but right. Uh, and it's, it's not a problem. It doesn't happen all the time, obviously, but, um, then I went on board game geek and I kind of read about it and somebody's like, does anyone else have a problem with some games going really long? And everyone's like, no, you're crazy. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and they're not crazy. It it can potentially go a little long, but, uh, but that's not the norm. So what happens when, how do like, what do you think? Is it just the cards are coming out and they're just like nothing. And there's no momentum that starts or. Well, like I had, what, what I, I had was uh, uh, I could do I could uh, do one damage and kill a character right okay and so so what I would do is uh, Kirsten would would pull draw a character spend the water to play it in front of her one base that was left and this was probably 30 to 40 minutes of it um, okay and then uh, and she would she would play another card that would let her um uh restore her uh, her base and so then it'd be my turn again i would kill that guy and i'd i'd wound the base and then it'd go back to her and she'd put a new guy out and she'd restore the base and then i'd it'd be my turn and i would kill the guy and you know and and damage the base and it just sort of like went back and forth and she she yeah. couldn't get any cards any offensive cards really uh, to attack me and my stuff was so well shielded, but I really only had like the, the two offensive cards. Um, and I didn't, I didn't really have a place to play any others cause my guys were full. And since she couldn't do any damage to me, all she could do was, was play defense on her turn. It was just this back and forth of almost there, you know, right. the, the last base is damaged and then there's a guy in front of it and it's restored. <laughs> so it was just like this weird combo of cards that just like, you know, might happen one out of a hundred times. So, right. Right. Yeah. Huh. But I that's won. Yeah, so. exactly. Oh, is that the one you won? The that That's the one I won. And oh. what ended up happening is she finally did not draw a person card. So she didn't have anyone to put in front of her base. So I just destroyed the base. <laughs> so it's sort of a war of attrition is your strategy with this game. <laughs> yes, yes. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> and and I guess they they know it can go long because they've said if you reshuffle the deck, um, if you have to reshuffle it a second time, the game's over. And we reshuffled once and made it about halfway through. Uh, again, so. So we didn't get to as long as I think they designed it to possibly get to. Uh-huh. But um but we were close. We were close to just finishing in a draw. Oh, this is like this um it's very tense. I feel like it's like a soap opera here between you guys. Just every time it comes out, it's it's very it's like a nail-biting experience. Yes. Who's yes. going to take it and who deserves it? Who deserves it more? <laughs> She's much I think she she understands it some sort of weird meta thing about it that I just don't get <laughs> or yeah. something. I don't know. I don't know. It seems like every time I'm like, "Oh, I got this." And she's like, "No, you don't." Like, oh. <laughs> you do okay. not. Uh, let's I I, I really want to try uh uh the, what's the name of the game? Uh, Radlands. I was like, for some reason, <laughs> I'm still thinking of Legends of uh, Andor. So I was like, Legends of Radness. Legends of Radlands, <laughs> the sequel. No, you should. Uh, Aaron has it, so you should. Oh, you he should. does. Okay, yeah, yeah, he does. Um, I am going over to Aaron's this Sunday to try uh, the Dark Tower. Super excited Ooh. about that. I'm excited too. I want to hear about it. Yeah, I saw. So we were at a uh, the another game meetup thing and Aaron had brought it and he uh there were people that we don't see a lot so I decided to, I was like ah, I'm not gonna try to get in on that one I'm, I'm sure I'll have a chance to play it but I was watching over their shoulders as I was grabbing snacks intermittently and uh was checking it out it looks super cool I'm really excited to jump in and check it out as well that 
Yeah, the production value on it is crazy. Insane, right? Yeah. Just nuts. I never played the original game. Did you play the original game? Um, No. I had a friend that had it, and we never actually played it. We just, like, would play, like, G.I. Joe guys with it. So, like, we didn't play the actual game, but we just sort of used it, like, as a prop. Okay. Which, I mean, I guess. Is, yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> like so many board games of yesteryear, they were just, like, towers. Well, especially the tower. I feel like it's very reminiscent of those. Uh, I guess you can still buy them today, but, like, definitely, like, G.I. Joe or He-Man bases you could buy in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Where it very much reminds me of those things were just a big thing of plastic and you just kind of put your guys on it. <laughs> I am super excited though. It, uh, it reminds me of, um, I'm, I'm ne- it's never having played it, really not knowing anything about it. I, it, what's, oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the game. It kind of reminds me of, um, Oh, it'll come to me anyway. It's another game from the eighties or maybe even before that. I don't know. But, um, where it's, it's, uh, you're, Oh man, what's the name of the game? Okay, you're traveling around and you go around the perimeter of the board, but and you're trying to get deeper into the board to get to the uh, final big boss battle and get the what is it? You're getting a key, I think. Um, I can't believe I can't remember the name of this game. Anyway, it'll come to me. And I just uh, I, I guess got what nothing. I'm getting uh, <laughs> it's not Hero Quest. It's um, ah. All right, I'm gonna. This is really great podcasting here. I will come up with it okay. <laughs> and, uh, later in the podcast to tell you. But anyway, what I was trying to say is, I just I love the, um, I really love that '80s muted color style of old games like that. And so, uh, looking at the original Dark Tower, um, it just uh, for its time, man, it, it had a lot going for it. I could see why, it, it, just for the pieces, it was so popular. One of the early. <laughs> one of the early uh, games for the pieces that were so popular and was the game good i don't know who knows a lot of eh, nostalgia though n- nobody knows yeah um yeah so what else has been on our minds lately we're uh or what are we playing i played a actually i've been kind of hitting up the oldies again i played kingsburg recently and i hadn't played that in a long time still oh. holds up pretty darn good still really liked it i huh. uh, played with three no two people who hadn't played it before and um i think i won it i can't remember i think i did um and uh but yeah i was i hadn't played kingsburg in a long time and i've always really liked that game but it's been a while and so you know going back to those classics you always wonder if they're holding up and uh by god it does it's still really good um i think kingsburg is one of the most pure versions of its type of game that exists like just one of those playing the odds games you're just trying to uh create combos with a couple dice or a few dice and um uh yeah it's just it's such a basic structure but it is so so engaging i really have all i'm always surprisingly refreshed by kingsburg when i play it i feel it's one of the best examples of like pure game design ever yeah, <laughs> Maybe I, it's just I like I've played it recently. King, yeah, I like Kingsburg, Kingsburg a lot too. That's uh, it. It is so. It's weirdly simple, but like just weirdly lot of strategy to it. I think it it's uh, it does really well. What what I think most people strive to do in games, which is something super simple to teach, super simple to play, but isn't an easy game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, but, for sure. But it's random enough. Like, like honestly, I, I think that even if you played a ton of Kingsburg and you play with somebody who played games uh, but had never played Kingsburg, I think they still would have a pretty good shot of, of winning. Yeah, that's true because it does re- get – at the base of it, it's just dice rolling, and so it kind of has those old dice games. Like that entry point is very easy. You know, Most people yeah. would have that experience if nothing else. For sure, for sure. But it's good though. I mean it's got a, it's got catch-up mechanisms kind of been to it. It's got all these like um, – it's just the design is just so good. Like you never feel like you're really skunked on a turn or out of it. You may not do exactly what you want to do, but you definitely get – options and there's ways to plan for the future and augment your next up your t- turns and so i don't know i just really love kingsburg i don't it's a game i don't want to play like constantly but i do like it enough that i i 
I feel like I want to play it more than I do. Okay. Well, you should I also, play it more than you do. I should. I should. I don't own it. That's the problem. I have to depend on other people to <laughs> get it to the table. <laughs> and they're all, everyone else is getting all the, all the games all the time. So they're like, Kingsburg, no thanks. Uh, I also played Hanami Koji recently, and I I, I squeaked it. out a win there. Yeah, I know. You've, we've played a bunch of it, the two of us. And uh, I know you and Kristen have played a lot, too. Um, but I played with a, a relatively newcomer to our the game group, named a guy named Bruce. He's he's a he's a shark. He kind of reminds me of Jeff. He's got he's just a really good, uh. a good good player. And uh, and everyone's um, we're we're just kind of waiting. We just finished up a game uh, with another group of people, and we're kind of waiting for you know at the end of the night. You've just got a little bit of time left, and um, he's like, hey, I've got a short one. You want to play it? And I was like, oh, sure. okay, sure. And so he's like, it's called Hanami Koji. He's like, oh, I know Hanami Koji. Oh, yeah, I know that game. And what I, uh... made, made, it, made it even sweeter, though, is that mm-hmm. everyone else was like, oh, man, you're in trouble now, Kaz. This is Bruce's game. He's going to kick your butt. And I was like, <laughs> little does he know I have played this game extensively. Not that I'm good at it, but I have played it extensively. But yes. um but that is the best part about Hanami Koji, though. It's just such a great head-to-head game where there is a amount of luck to it, but also you feel you if your 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 experience with it does pay off, like in the, in a in a fun way where you can uh, kind of you know you kind of know the ins and outs of the game, and so I was able to give it trick him a little bit at the uh, last round and sneak the win, which is very satisfying. Yes, it it very much is one of those games that. Um, you can there is strategy to it like you can get really good at it but no matter how good you are if the other person is in your head and the other person's kind of following what you're doing right uh it's very easy to 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 lose um and not because you don't know the game but because it's 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 less seems like it's less about the game and more about reading the other person's intentions and kind of guessing and understanding what it is that they're building towards and things like that. Um, I actually have backed the uh, there's a Hanami Koji Kickstarter uh, from last year, uh, Geisha's oh, okay. Road. Which oh, okay. Is, which is um, and I did the all in package, which is the. Um, the base game, I got it again because my Hanami Koji set is like really in bad shape because uh, we've played it so much. So I got another copy of that. And then uh, Geisha's Road, which is like a sequel, like an expanded sequel to it. Um, and then it also seven expansions, which basically replace the tiles. So oh, interesting. So it's doing different things instead of just doing like, uh, you know, discard two and, and – um, then you know two up two down um and you know two down one up kind of thing instead of all those it comes with different ones so you can combo okay. them and do different combinations of them so like you can kind of have um fairly unique games and settings for them so cool um, and it's like a super deluxified whole thing so hopefully that will be here this year we <laughs> Kickstarter sort of hit or miss this year. So, didn't they? Is that maybe maybe this is that that Kickstarter? It's like, didn't they come out with mini expansions for it before, or are these the mini expansions that they've come out with, and it's um, all bundled together? I believe they had they had the mini expansions available. Like uh, they had released some promo ones. Oh, okay, but then they were all available in this Kickstarter as well. So like the Kickstarter's like everything Hanami Koji. It's like seventy dollars and includes like just like everything. Huh. Um, all right. That's cool. I really I really love that things. game too. Yeah, and I definitely agree where it's like it's playing that other person's strategy uh is is such it's so satisfying <laughs> to just yeah. be like, Oh, I, I see what you're doing here. I'm gonna guess I think I can guess because actually there I'm sure you've had this experience too with that game where it's by the end of the game you have a, or even, or even midway through, maybe you have a good sense of like what they have. You're like, I'm pretty sure I know at least one of the cards you have in your hand. Mm-hmm. And that's oh, like, yeah. and then, and then to be right, you're like, oh, cool. All right. I knew that even if I lose, I'm like, all right, well, at least I, I kind of feel like I succeeded in a way there by, <laughs> by sussing out what you're up to. Yeah. And Kirsten, and I have, this is potentially one of our most played games of all time. Um, 
So we've probably played it a hundred or more times. And uh, I, I think there's a lot of, of weird fun that comes from playing uh, with the same person a lot because uh-huh. you kind of notice each other's trends and, and you purposely try and like disguise your trends sometimes. And, and then they purposely know that you're disguising <laughs> your trends. And so it's like <laughs> this back and forth, like mental battle that just like is, gets pretty draining after a while. Right. But, um, but, but it's still, it it's still challenging and it's still different and it's still fun because it's uh it's the same basic game, but the game doesn't get in the way of the replayability. It's the right. people. It's the people that make the replayability there. So um, that's why I like it so much because it's all about it's about playing the other person. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, I feel that's like why I like poker. Well, I was just gonna say that. that's funny. I was just gonna say like I don't really play poker, but what yeah, I know they're good players in poker can kind of deduct what other people's hands are just by how they're playing. And I, that's how, as close as I'm going to get to that feeling <laughs> is this game. Yes. Yes. So. All Speaking right. Of coach, yeah. Speaking oh, yeah. of Kickstarter, uh-huh. I got um, the Australia big box. Oh, the, the big <sighs> Z box. Um, yeah. So Martin, Martin Wallace game. It's Australia with a Z. Yeah. So, and um, and it is gigantic. Uh, it has the Tasmania and the um the old ones expansion, Revenge. I think it's Revenge of the Old Ones. Um, and it is a gigantic box. And I've been going through it, watching lots of playthroughs, reading the rules, pu- punching everything out, and um, it is really really neat. I I. So what does Tasmania do? Uh, Tasmania is basically a, um, it's an alternate board. Uh, it's a dual-sided board. So, and, and the, the original game comes with a dual-sided board as well. So you'll, okay. if you have the Tasmania expansion, you've got four different board options. But what Tasmania does is it makes it more cramped. In the original game, it's pretty spread out and you can, you can get, um, quite a buffer between you and, uh, the bad guys that come out and so so there's not a lot of threat in the very beginning of the game it kind of really lets you expand and collect resources and build your rails and do all that stuff before um, the old ones start waking up uh, mm-hmm. but in Tasmania uh, the map is so so condensed that uh, you could start off like a hex away from uh, old ones and uh and and there's just a lot it's it's a lot denser and so there's there's uh it's a lot more restrictive and that's kind of one of the complaints a lot of people have uh in like especially in two-player games is you could have two players that hardly ever really meet at all they're not competing for resources because they're on opposite sides of this gigantic map um there's no real need to help each other fight ancient ones or whatever because they can just uh they deal with their own stuff but in tasmania because it's everything's like so constricted and and smaller um you you run into the other players a lot quicker uh you you engage with uh the same bad guys that they do a lot quicker because you're already in the the thick of it okay so it uh, it kind of lends a lot more uh, claustrophobia to the game, which which does address one of the primary complaints that that I've seen. So the thing that I think is so cool about it is it's it's weirdly thematic, but weirdly also just like a standard Martin Wallace like rail building game. <laughs> right, right. You know, so it's like you're just. Oh, you got your port and you're building your railroad tracks and you're, you know, you're building farms and you're collecting resources. You're getting gold, you're getting iron, you're getting coal. And oh, there's Cthulhu. Right. You're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So it's got this weird like Lovecraftian thing where (laughs) it's it's got these Shagaths and zombies and Cthulhu and everything else. But at the same time, it's like a standard like like resource collecting resource management like farm right. building uh euro game 
and it's <laughs> it's such an unusual clash that it just it works so well and, yeah uh, and it's it's super neat and i just uh i i love the the setup is um is cool you you have these like pro uh, what are they called um oh they're these tiles you put out and um they're random and each tile would be like, put an old one here, put a gold up here, put uh, an iron down here. And so it's kind of random seeds the whole board, and then you pick the tiles up. So huh, okay. uh, every every setup is completely different. And, um, and so you may have ones where uh, not a lot of gold came out, or not a lot of iron, or not a lot of coal or something. So it can lead to these these situations these boards these games that where one particular resource or two particular resources are are very scarce um and then you could have some games where uh everything you know is is in abundance uh so it's it, it it's really interesting you got completely different kind of starting scenario type things uh to start every game so uh, I, I like I, the replayability there a lot since we talked about it last too, Australia has been like front of mind for me. Like it was, so we, what we were talking about before we started recording about like, I am literally at capacity. Like I, I, I have a decent game collection. I have like just over a hundred games, which is, you know, fair, but in the grand scheme of things, not a lot, not a huge collection comparatively to a lot of other uh, gamers. And, but I'm at like at capacity. And so <laughs> there's these games that I really love to get, but I'm at the point where I need to get rid of a game to get a new game. And that's fine. I probably have too many already, but I'm also intending to expand my storage slightly before I have to get completely to that phase. And so, uh, Australia is on the short list because yeah, I just like that. Well, Martin Wallace is such a great game. I'm a, I can't, I can't think of a better train, <laughs> train, uh, <laughs> mechanism ma designer ever. He's got right? so, so, many, so many great hits, and they're all like the some of the best ones are just train related, and even if they're not the main focus, they're train adjacent or trains play a big part in it. Uh, like Brass Birmingham, like I get, I always laugh because I think I feel like you know Brass Birmingham is a game that is played in two eras, so it's in the canal era and then the rail era, and I just feel like they got the canal era. And they're like, this game's really good. And they just hired Martin Wallace to do the second era. And they didn't tell him anything about the game before. Just like, Martin, just like, make us trains. a train game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, got it's it. It's all him. He's like, on my way. But well, anyway, that, so. That's Australia, but with Cthulhu. Right. Yeah, exactly. And they came out in the same year. I, I just looked it up, and I didn't realize that. Brass Birmingham and this came out in the same uh, year. That's so cool. Huh. Um, uh, and so, uh, <laughs> well, maybe they were heavily influenced by each other. I can see the old ones coming up in Brass Birmingham for sure. But, but no, like you were saying, that's what so I love about this. It's just a, it's a good game. But then, oh, well, oh here comes Cthulhu. <laughs> like, You're like, wait, what? Totally separate. Yeah, I love that effect. Like that's that's my favorite part of the the best Cthulhu stories are the fact where they're not exactly sure. Uh, you know, they're just doing something else on an expedition, and all of a sudden, people just, you know, Cthulhu and weird things start happening, but they're not going there because they know Cthulhu's there. They're just like, I'm right. going to go develop Australia, and oops, I awakened something. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to play it. That and uh, Legends of Andor, those are the two that are coming, I think, are uh, getting picked up right away. Um, right. Hey, you mentioned another game uh, that you got recently, uh, or maybe you've ordered and you haven't received yet. Uh, Brew. I was looking at that. That looked really interesting. Yes, I uh, I have Brew. I have Brew right here by Pandasaurus Games, and uh, it's not weirdly not about coffee and not about beer. <laughs> uh, right. It is about brewing potions. And yeah. Looks, so, okay. Yeah, so kind of the the idea behind it is you have these these cards up top, these like terrain cards, and you you roll dice on your turn and you place them uh, up on the different terrain types that let you get different resources um, that let you in turn um, acquire potion cards. And at the same time, you can also if you uh, do certain things. I haven't played this yet, so. I, I'm going strictly based on uh, reading the rule book and watching an overview. Uh, but you can get animals, and then when you collect uh, 
like a certain number of animals. Uh, you can, if you have the right habitat, you can set the animal free. And then you get like three points for that animal instead of one point. Um, and oh, okay. Stuff like that. But uh, and the, the potions are worth points. And the one complaint that I hear about it is um, that it can be kind of mean. Oh, okay. And I I don't want to say take that because I always think of take that in games as like sloppy card games where you're like, oh, lose a turn. Uh, but but this is more like when you place a die, you can actually, uh, there are certain die uh, colors that you can place on top of somebody else's die. So you can get, uh, b- because you're also going for like area majority in these territories up top. So there's a whole bunch of different things going on, but um so you can kind of mess up somebody's plan as far as, you know, getting majority on a card and that kind of stuff. You can't completely, like, ruin their entire game or, or mess up their whole turn or anything. But there, there's certainly things you can do that kind of can undo something that they've, you know, done a certain way, which which is fine. Yeah. Uh, I, so, so I think there's a difference between mean and... Like, just pure take that, which is just like, like, oh, I've been working at this, and all of a sudden, you know, I got exactly the right cards I need, and somebody plays a card that says, you know, discard your whole hand. And you're like, <laughs> oh. Well, oh, yeah. Oh. I guess I'll I, I start hate, over. I hate that so much. But uh, this isn't like that. This is just mean in that, you know, you can do things uh, that benefit you, but also can happen to have a an unfortunate effect on another character. So that that's kind of the one. Uh, if you're really into, like, multiplayer solitaire games or games with very little interaction, uh, Brew is probably not for you. But uh, but if you can take some uh, a good amount of player interaction and, uh, and a bit of meanness, then I, I think uh, it looks like it would be a lot of fun. So hopefully the next time... Uh, you hear my voice after <laughs> this particular podcast episode. Uh, they, I will be able to tell you whether it is good or not. So I love the art style. The art style is great. It looks a beautiful looking game. It, the dice it is are cool really neat. And yeah, the, the production art style, yeah, value is great. Yeah, really solid. I, there's um, there's an animated series and a comic book called Hilda, and I like. I think Luke Pearson is the um artist uh that does that series and anyway i love his style this kind of reminds me a little bit of it where it's like very woodlands but very magical at the same time yeah it's almost kind of i don't want to say abstracted but like kind of kind of yeah simple but like like simple watercolor kind of yeah I, i i dig it i think it's neat yeah yeah i'm curious to see how you like it too because it definitely looks uh yeah, it looks really cool. I, I was looking at it's also on the Ding and Den sale <laughs> that we were talking about earlier. So that's how I got it. Tempting, tempting. Um, speaking of Ding and Dents, I'm uh, looking at uh, the Bordlandia Ding and Dent, right? And they were, t- the, I love the, well, you were saying that you got one, maybe it was Brew, that just t- you couldn't even find damage on it. And so yeah, I got three of them I got Western Legends, Brew, and uh, In Too Deep. And they were all said major damage, and I can't find. Oh, any... that was even major damage. Oh, yeah, okay. I I can't find any damage on any of the boxes at all. Uh, so I don't know if they sent me the wrong ones or if they're just like what. But they were all in shrink wrap. I've opened them. That everything's fine. There's huh. no damage to any of the boxes. I don't. There might. I I don't know if just a little. Yeah, major the, damage makes it sounds like someone stepped on, <laughs> put a foot through the box or something. Yeah, like there's <laughs> That's a what hole I would in expect. it or something. Yeah, right. But, yeah, but no, it's uh, I, it was great. Just like basically almost half price games, and uh, they're fine. So works for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Legend of Vandor. Just it's not even majorly damaged. It's just. It's just a little damaged, so yeah, it's probably you're not even, even gonna better. Notice it. Yeah, you're not <laughs> yes. even going to notice it. So. Yeah. All right. So what else have you been playing? I um I'm about to. I guess I could mention I'm about to do some cool plays. I've got a schedule for uh, Unfathomable and well, I mentioned the the Dark Tower, but uh, I'm really excited for Unfathomable because I, I, I really also like saying Unfathomable. 
Um, when my son was young, uh, really young, he said, instead of blueberries, he said, Bubba Buzz. And that's what I feel like I'm saying. <laughs> Unfathomable. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm really interested in it because I just also played um, somewhat recently in time two plays of um, Battlestar Galactica again. And both went really well. One, I think, went a little better than the others. Uh, but because uh, one of them I messed up and accidentally made more Cylons than there should be. <laughs> And so the humans, there ended up only being two of us and most everyone else was Cylons. And uh, it got really hard and uh, people still had fun, but we just kind of played through it like, all right, well, let's just imagine this is the scenario. But it also made me think like, oh, okay, that's that's a bummer. And it's a long game to mess up at the end, you know? And so, uh, but it, it's been in my mind. I'm also in my mind is like, is, is this starting to show its age? Does it feel like it's, uh, you know, is this something I would still bring to the table and recommend for people um so i'm kind of curious on how unfathomable <laughs> it compares because that is supposed to be the successor right that's how it's been kind of built yeah it's basically from my understanding it's it's for all intents and purposes a reskin um yeah but cthulhu reskin which i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna reskin something why not right reskin it as as cthulhu but yeah um yeah it's I'm, worked before I'm excited to hear about that one because I I really like I've almost pulled the trigger on buying it a couple times, but I don't really have like a whole bunch of people to play with here living right. now in Kentucky with no game group. So <laughs> it's going to be like me and Kirsten and maybe my brother who just moved here too. So um once I get more friends, uh, I might go into to some more yeah. more games like that, more social deduction types. But uh, until then, yeah. I will live vicariously through your stories, your stories <laughs> right, of, right. of magnificent, you know, social deduction. All right, I will uh, pay close attention on the day of, so I can regale you with uh, tall tales. Yes, do. Yes, do indeed. So. Um, what else, uh, what have you, so of the games you've got, what is the one you're most excited to get to the table sooner rather than later? Um, honestly, probably Australia. Uh, okay, nice. But, yeah. um, I, uh, so my, I just said my, my brother just moved here uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And, uh, he came over for a game night. We've, we've slowly but surely been kind of, uh, he, he, he enjoys games. He doesn't really have much exposure to it prior to this so he's he's still in the gateway stage uh we've played uh some let's see some fantastic factories and some uh tumble town um and this last week we played uh splendor and nice. cascadia oh that game looks so cool i still haven't played it it's been making the rounds at our board game group and i and it's, out. I really, really like it. Like, the more I play it, the more I really like it. He super attached to Splendor. He liked it so much that after we played uh, we played Splendor and then we played Cascadia, I'm like, what would you like to play now? He's like, I want to play Splendor again. So we played Splendor, <laughs> <laughs> which I, of course, am never going to be like, no, no, don't make yeah. me play Splendor. <laughs> don't throw me in the briar patch. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, so I, I love Splendor. And, uh and once again, it proves that Splendor, I think, is like the king of gateway games. Yeah. Like, I can't think of another game outside of maybe Century Spice Road that I've had more luck uh, with getting somebody to just, somebody brand new to gaming to just fall in love with it. It's, uh, yeah. It's, it's hard to beat, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And well, I know and it's still one of those... I talk about it all the time. But, yeah. <laughs> and I'm probably going to talk about it more, but uh, I I love it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's still one of those games, too. Even as a I, – I definitely – would you call it a gateway game or would you call – I mean, it's not just a simple, light game. It, it has that ability to kind of – you know, it's fairly complex – not complex, but like somewhat advanced, more than beginner level mechanisms in this game to be really good at it. Uh, and it's still very accessible. And some people I know are just like, this is their game. Like they sort of like get into gaming and this is the only game they want to play. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's got a weird effect on people that way. That was Ginger John's favorite game of all time, Splendor. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I think it is a gateway game. I think that it, it does a really good job of introducing um, drafting because so, you're drafting sure. the uh, obviously the, the jewels. Um, but I think it also does uh, – it's a really good introduction to engine building. Um, it's a, a really good introduction to um, – well, to both of those things. Uh, but I, I think that uh, th- those are – larger mechanisms but i think the way they're presented uh it doesn't get much more basic for either of those than than splendor and and yes the uh there can be a lot of strategy to it like you can have serious gamers like really get it on over splendor um but at the same time it's so accessible that you don't have to you know sit there and grind out all the math and everything you can just have fun building your engine and you know getting free cards and and you could you could have a bunch of people who you know are just learning how to play games sit there and just have a really good time with it so i i think that the the fact that it it does so well in with different groups and in different phases and uh and in particular is a great gateway uh, I, I think that it's one of my favorite games for that reason. Yeah. And how old is that as uh, Splendor now? I'm trying to remember when it came out. Um, I don't know. 2014. Oh, there we go. 2014. Have um Have you ever played the Cities expansion? I have not. I have but, not, but uh, Kirsten has. Okay. Uh, so there's four modules that come with it. Um, mm-hmm. There was one module she did not like that much but the other three she really really liked a lot okay they looked cool like i've not played them and i don't know super a lot about them but i i remember taking a client when they came out i remember like being just overlooking like what they did and thinking like oh that's kind of cool so that's my extent of my uh <laughs> city's expansion knowledge for splendor but yeah i'm kind of like a splendor purist like i don't even want to play this oh, okay <laughs> city's expansion Sacrilege. because like yeah yeah because i'm i'm just like th- there's a lot of games that i like that i'm like man uh, i can't wait to get the expansion and just get more stuff and do more stuff but like splendor is just like it seems so complete in what it does that the idea right. of I want it to do something different than it is just makes me want to play a different game, you know? Right. So. Yeah, I hear you. It's, uh, I'm, I am, uh, I was trying to think, oh, I was just playing another game. Now, once, here's another game I'm not going to remember the name of, but <laughs> similar thing where it's just like, it was the base game. We we're playing an expansion. And I just remember thinking like, I just kind of want to play the base game. Like I, Expansion was fine, but, you know, it just sort of added too much or it took away from the base game, I think. Yeah, like a perfect example of, of the opposite is, uh, for me, is uh, Res Arcana. Res Arcana? Res Arcana. Um, I, I like the base game fine. I think both expansions uh, add a lot, and I I probably at this point will never play. I, I've mixed everything in. I'm never going to play without both expansions. Sure. Um, I think it just makes the whole experience better because it doesn't inherently necessarily change what the game does. I don't think it, uh, it just adds more stuff. And that's kind of one of those games that benefits, I think from more stuff you play the base and you kind of get familiar with the cards that are there and then you want like the next step. I don't feel like I'm ever looking for a next step with Splendor. Right. You know, cause it's just, you're trying to get to 15 points and yeah. like, that's, that's it. Like how much bigger can you, can you get? It's <laughs> just like, I mean, right. you're going to add more jewels. Are you going to, yeah. What, I don't like, need a backstory or lore. Are you going to give need... different cards? Like I don't need different cards. It's just, it's so complete as it is. So, um, yeah, at some Pure point in, its, I'll, in every I'll, form, I'll probably play, try and play some of the cities expansions. I have the app and I actually, uh, I have the uh, all four expansion modules on the app. I've just never played them. 
it's just burning a hole in your phone your phone i guess <laughs> i just like i love the fact that you have it and you just refuse to play it up until yeah, <laughs> right now you know, it, you've maybe convinced yourself to play it yeah what one day one day the urge will hit it'll say you know what you're ready for the next step in splendor but right. until then and when i know i'll know yeah <laughs> when, exactly. it, when i'm ready it's just a thing. It's uh, it's a voice in your head that says you're ready. You're ready for the next step in splendor. So, <laughs> and that um, day, a light will shine, and the it could be in the middle of the night. Yes, Kristen will wake up, and you're on your phone. It's time. It's time, Kristen. <laughs> yes. Uh, hey, I have a question. Uh, have sure. you had uh, a game I played recently? I was going to bring up, and I totally forgot about until just now. But um, so I've been really jonesing for a good sailing around kind of merchant game and i've been i've not played merchants and marauders i really want to i it's such a that's such a polarizing game in and of itself but um i did play one uh, recently endeavor have you ever played endeavor endeavor age of sail no the original endeavor no age of sales better from what i understand uh yeah i guess i would not know i only played the one from 2009 but i really like that one so i'm excited to know uh or to play age of sale i know age of sale is pretty popular and, and it does seem yeah. to be more real, well regarded but the well, original it, one from 2009 is really good it's basically from my understanding it's the same game there's like two two tweaks um in in gameplay but otherwise like they're effectively the same game um age of sale is basically a second edition um, yeah so so if you've played endeavor you've basically played like age of sale think of age of sale as like endeavor with an expansion i guess um yeah i'm actually looking at my copy of endeavor age of sale and i have not gotten it to the table yet but i've been really 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 wanting to you guys should i was very surprised by endeavor i especially being an older game it's 2009 is when it came out um and uh but yeah just a really really fun structure i mean it's 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 kind of like um it's not a pure like sailing around game you're more like uh, it's more like trade routes i guess is what you're doing yeah, you're developing it seems very euroy yeah and uh in your your trade routes are going to different um areas of the world but of course you have to unlock them in certain ways and i just thought the way the I, one of the things that was so impressive is the pacing of the game uh, there's so few games that have like or no, not so few but there's there's so few games that have a timing system or a like um um a clock in a way of opening up certain aspects of the game at this point, at this point, at this point that do that well, as opposed to just sort of like either free for all or an overly restrictive way of like limiting you from doing things in the game that you just notice it. But Endeavor's progression was really, really smooth and it just felt like logical and um, very solid design and smooth design. Like it was actually satisfying that I couldn't get to all these locations right away. So I had to strategize because you still get benefits at these places, but you can't like get the good benefits until you open up an area of the world. And so it is still like a beneficial thing to sort of start a countdown timer basically on these areas. And then you're kind of just watching these ticking clocks tick of when uh what is close or what area is closer to opening up than others and have i prepared myself in that area enough oh i better jump in even if it's late right now and um so it kind of becomes can't changes the game state to that for a bit and then boom the world opens up and you're just trading 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 uh so just really really fun i was surprised at how much i enjoyed the game but it was super cool game Hmm. i i am every time i look up at it i'm uh i just get excited but uh, how yeah. many how many people did you play with? Uh, played with uh, three other people, so we had a four player game, four player, and I think okay. it might only go to four. Um, but uh, yeah, and my wife played, and she really loved it. And um, yeah, it was just uh, super surprising. Oh, it plays up to five, I guess. So uh, four was perfect, though. I think four was a really nice player count where it didn't feel it felt you know uh, you really had to strategize on. Um, your timing of things and you know you got you won some you lost some throughout the game and didn't feel like overly crowded or overly frustrating on the ones you lost you kind of had you know your fingers in a lot of pies and so you're just waiting for one of those to pay off so i like i I thought four was a really solid player count for this game yeah i've got to get my brother with through a couple more games 
maybe more complex and splendor before I bust out Endeavor. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Endeavor, Age of Sail, Australia, and uh, maybe Everdell, I think, are really on my list. Everdell will be cool. I haven't played that in a long time, but I, I've only played it once and I've very much enjoyed it. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that, yeah, that's, uh, that's cool. I've actually been wanting to, uh, to talk to somebody who had played Endeavor before. So that's exciting. So, yeah. All right. I will regale you with Dark Tower stories. You have to regale me with Endeavor Age of Cell stories. So I will get get that thing played. Is that one that's still in the shrink wrap? I'm trying to remember last I saw your copy of Endeavor Age of Sail. I thought it was shrink wrapped, but I could be misremembering. It is open. I have opened it and punched it out and done all the stuff. So all right. Well, there you go. It's so ready it's ready to, to play. So um, so another game I just recently got, which I believe you and I have played with, um, let's see, with Jeff and Aaron, uh, was Western Legends. Ah, yes. Yes. That was a fun game. It was a fun game. I'm uh, I'm excited to uh, to try it out a few more times and kind of go down different paths. I think the last time I was a deputy and uh, didn't get into much of the like really fun bad guy stuff like cattle wrestling and stuff. So I'm excited for that one. Yeah. I'm trying to remember with that one. Is that, um, does that have like a bunch of expansions in it or is it, it's just one kind of just big game. I'm trying to remember if there were like modular ways to play it or not. Because or, I think I'm confusing it with another Western card game. Or it's, Western one, game. it's one big game. It's a sandbox game. So you can kind of decide. Uh, there's two tracks. There's like a, a deputy track and like an outlaw track. And you can just like, like you can send your, you can mine. You can, uh, you can play poker in the casino. You can wrestle cattle. You can, you know, do stuff you can go after like you can fight other players oh right yeah yeah and uh, you become like a good and bad too yeah yeah that's the deputy and outlaw thing so oh right yeah okay when you do bad stuff you know it progresses you uh on the outlaw track but then um so you can start out as a deputy you know and then you'd be like ah screw it i'm just gonna wrestle (laughs) cattle and kill people yeah Yeah, so (laughs) But it's uh it's it's total sandbox, so you can kind of have fun and do what you want and uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember. I, I it was a long time ago when we played it last, but I do remember really enjoying that game. Yeah, me too. I think we actually we should go back and listen to it because I I'm pretty sure we did a podcast review of I it. I think we did. Yeah, early I on. <laughs> I don't know when it was. I don't even know what season it was. Probably two, <laughs> if I had to guess. But um, yeah, that would probably be a a better review than us sitting here trying to remember two yeah. years later what we played. So, <laughs> but that's that's also on my list of wanting to uh, play around with. So, yeah, Western Legends. God, what is the game I'm trying to think of? It's the one Kevin uh, has. The uh, it's like the card it's in cards and part of the way you do like battles as you it's that you play poker hands but also oh, the cards oh yeah are... um de- uh dead dead deadwood or no de- um oh, is it no yeah it's something like that something um like... uh <laughs> de- yeah yeah i know exactly what you're talking about um we've also talked about that one Yes, we have. Odd nauseum, I think. I think we really went <laughs> went into uh, detail on that one. So, but uh, <laughs> uh, Deadlands, Deadlands. No, yes, maybe. No, no, that's something else. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> this is the scintillating part of the uh, the podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Where we we just are just sort of reach back in our brains and. <laughs> fail at coming up with uh knowledge that we're referencing yes but the it is not it is not that game it is the <laughs> yes here are the games game. that it is not <laughs> yes <laughs> it's uh this is a board game so oh by the way the game i was trying to remember way long ago that was talisman oh i have uh i have the warhammer 40k talisman 
Mm. That's cool. I didn't realize there was such a one. Yeah, it's uh, it's called Relic. Okay, I've tried to play Talisman uh, so many times, and it's it's fun, and then it just overstays its welcome for me, <laughs> and I really like it. But um, man, are those long games? Yeah, I um, I am not a Talisman fan. Just the system in general uh, does not do it for me at all. I think it's super unbalanced. I think it's. Uh, it's yeah, not very, it's very replayable. Much, it's showing its age. <laughs> yeah, for for sure, for sure. That's uh, the only reason I even have Relic is because I love Warhammer 40k, and uh, so it's on my shelf so that I can see Space Marines. <laughs> it's right next to Forbidden Stars, which I will never open. <laughs> yeah, that's so tempting. It is. But I can't replace it for less than like four hundred dollars. So, <laughs> uh, that's a game I also would love to to try someday. But um, I'm sure I will not. Uh, what else you got? And have you been playing? I um, oh, I also went. Had not, speaking of another throwback, uh, Lords of Waterdeep is a game that I I had had only played that I think once or actually I'm not even sure if I played it. I just I think I learned how to play it. And I played it recently again, or maybe for the first time. And uh, another one that still holds up pretty well, and I was surprised how uh, how much I liked it. It's I think it's showing. It's kind of a, feels more like simplistic these days, but um, maybe compared to other games of its ilk. But I also really enjoyed that game. Another solid older game design. Thought it was pretty darn good. Yeah, as far as worker placement games go, I feel like. It still holds up as far as a basic, um, almost gateway uh, for worker placement. But I feel like yeah. worker placement has progressed so much and has done so many other things and has kind of merged with other mechanisms and done fun things and, and uh, really twisted what it it does and has gone into fun new directions that to go sure. back to a game like um like Lords of Waterdeep uh for me I I don't know I don't I would play it with somebody especially uh in in a gateway setting somebody you know kind of new to games and you know wanting to get an idea of what a basic worker placement type game is I I would do that but I I don't think I'd ever really find myself being like, you know what I really want to play right now is Lords of Waterdeep. Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree. It's very it's so for some reason long ago, I someone told me or maybe I read something that Lords of Waterdeep was this super dense, complex game. And I, I hadn't played it for a long time. Uh, and uh, or it went, kind of the little I knew about it. Uh, I knew very early, and then I just kind of ignored it. And then sometime later, I, I did figure out how to play it. And then actually playing it, it is very simple. I would, it definitely does feel like a intro to worker placement ideals and and ideas ideas oh, yeah, and ideals. Well, it's one of the um, first worker placement games. Like if people, no, I know, yeah, yeah, think of of you know original worker placement games. Like Lords of Waterdeep is is one of the the first ones that people mention. Yeah, yeah, and I can see it like it's it feel it definitely feels like that, like an early precursor to a lot of cool stuff that was to come, but um, but still in its basic level of worker placement, uh, it, it's surprising. I can see why it was such a breakout hit because that really does do what it does well, and it's it's much simpler than I expected it to be, but um, but yeah, I, I just still was surprised at how kind of deeper it, it I, as a game it felt than I was expecting. Um, just kind of like cards are going after or uh missions are going after or that was pretty I had a lot of fun with it it really brought me into the theme yeah for for sure and and honestly i can i can understand uh especially like back then when worker placement was just kind of emerging i could yeah i can see saying wow this is a really dense game this is a really yeah. complex because it, it it was new it was it was groundbreaking uh, For it sure. really yeah. was. I mean, it, I'm not sure it was necessarily the first worker placement game, but it, yeah. it certainly was one of the first ones that got any sort of mainstream exposure at all. 
and uh and a lot of people just like a lot of people came into the hobby with Catan and ticket to ride like you could put lords of waterdeep as a lot of people's you know intro especially from dungeons and dragons people coming from role-playing games uh, I, I know a lot of people who were D, big D&D players and got into the board game hobby from uh, Lords of Waterdeep. Right. Yeah, it, it did. I remember hearing that, too. People who were like uh, <laughs> they deigned to consider a board game now that was <laughs> to, right. from Wizards of the Coast and uh, within the fantasy realms. Well, because because, uh, I mean, when you think about it, when you were a kid, like and you thought of board games like. Even when you're a teenager, you thought of board games. What did you think of? You thought of, you know, Monopoly and Connect Four mm-hmm. and and you know, Sorry and Life. And you're like, oh, it's kind of lame. I'm into D and D. I want to fight goblins. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, here's like a board game that yeah. is uh is different. It it's got the D and D theme, and it's it does like complex stuff. It's like playing a role playing game, but it's more like one shot oriented. And so, yeah, I, I could see definitely that game. Uh, it's, it's not funny. surprising we went... that it did what it did. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, and it holds up. I'd, I'd say it holds up pretty well too. It, it feels simple, straightforward, but it's well designed. But it's funny. We were playing that on a weekend where we were doing an Imperial Assault campaign. And uh, so to go from like that, no, I think we played it first. And so it was kind of like this, uh, it's like, oh, what a fun little game. And then, boom, into complexity. And uh, <laughs> I was so stressed out because I was running the Empire and I'd never done that before. And uh, I was so stressed out. Like, I was I was having fun, but I was, like, <laughs> it felt very taxing to do the Empire and still have fun. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> and intro the game to four or three other, or no, four other people. Well, at least you're playing it. That was like a big exactly like, bucket that's list thing for you, right? Is I get... finally did it. Yeah, well, that's exciting. Yeah. And yeah, I'm super, it was super fun. I uh, we played it the I own a lot of it, and so we played it together the, physically. And then uh, these are friends that live in other states, and so um, I, we didn't get through our campaign, but we uh, got heavily into it. I think we're actually going to finish the campaign because they were all about it. So I'm super nice. Was super excited to get to the table. I'm super excited for you. Thank you. I was. Yeah, it was a bit. It felt victorious because uh, I was just coincidentally like every, every once in a while, I'll take out the minis and just, just look at them <laughs> and, and caress them <laughs> and uh, say someday. But uh, I just had happened to have done that before we got it to the table. And uh, so it was very much on my mind again how sad I was I hadn't been able to play this great game. And it very much lived up to expectations. So that's me really with cool. X-Wing. I have a right, whole, yeah. I have a whole cabinet of X-wing <laughs> miniatures. <laughs> yeah, I just like get... open up sometimes and just like touch them. <laughs> They're so cool. <laughs> someday, my pretties. Someday. There we go. That's what you gotta. You gotta. This. This is. <laughs> this is what you have to do. You have to now that your brother's in town. It's just this. Uh, <laughs> this devious plan to get him to play X-wing. By introducing slowly more progressively complex games until he he's X Wing ready. He is a big Star Wars fan. Big Star oh, Wars. Oh, there you fan. go. Just big like check me. in the box right there. Yeah, so so maybe I'd just be like, you know what? Let's uh let's let's see how much of a Star Wars fan you really are. <laughs> yeah, you call yourself a Star Wars fan? Prove it to me by playing <laughs> X Wing. <laughs> by fighting me with spaceships. <laughs> what are you doing for the next six hours? <laughs> <laughs> play an x-wing yeah <laughs> uh, did you ever play armada i did not i could only get yeah. into one like yeah money, oh yeah money sucking black hole at a time <laughs> i never played it either but it looked but i both look cool like i think uh i don't think we ever played x-wing but i think we you were showing me how to play it i have this memory of like learning how to play it but um but anyway i was just kind of curious because uh I I also feel like uh, I would love to play. I've not played any. I'm trying to think of any other game that does like space battles. I mean, I'm sure there's got to be a game where it's equivalent, like ships, maybe. But well, there's a um, there's a Star Trek version of X-wing called something or other. Um, 
that's basically the exact same rules as X-Wing, but with oh, okay. uh, Star Trek models. Uh, I think there's some some differences uh, here and there, but th- th- it's basically a Star Trek reskin. Um, and then I think there's another... There's another something that's X-Wing related. And honestly, Car Wars 6th Edition, uh, which is the, the newest one, um, yeah. it's basically like X-Wing the car game. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like it it has a lot of the same principles as far as like, um, you know, the turn radiuses and acceleration right. and, and, and doing different maneuvers and uh, potentially going out of control and that kind of stuff. like it's uh, and having the drivers and everything and, and the weapons arcs like they're very very similar weirdly similar rule sets so yeah if, if space battles aren't your thing and you're more into just like driving around cars with machine gun turrets um, there's a thing for you <laughs> yeah you have been thought of sir yes there are options there are options so well, all right. So that's your future mission is getting your brother to X-Wing level and then not uh, scaring him away from <laughs> the board gaming hobby. <laughs> it's uh, Splendor and then right into X-Wing. And those are the only Bam. two complexity levels we have. Yes, that's it. Although X-Wing, <laughs> I, don't, I don't consider X-Wing to be board game related. So so if he's uh, all of a sudden, he's like, you know what? I'm not into tabletop miniature space battles i'd be like okay right. let's just go back to uh Fair to board, board gaming i've got uh some endeavor age of sale for you yeah <laughs> i suppose it's, that is like jumping someone Australia. into like warhammer and <laughs> calling it a board game kinda kinda yeah yeah i feel like they're they're two separate hobbies that i have yeah uh, that are somewhat intertwined but uh but i can still in my head i can keep them keep them separate yeah, adjacent. You're gonna you're gonna love one, or you're gonna love the other, and you, that's the direction you should go. Exactly. And I went board games. All right, we should probably call it. I'm just realizing we've been uh, we've been chatting for a bit here, so yeah. let's uh, let's uh, let's take that as our our goals in life. We've got some goals set. We've got a couple upcoming plays to look forward to, and some personal uh, get to the table goals as well. So yes. I feel like we we got some some takeaways as they call them. Agreed. Agreed for sure. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, you guys can get a hold of us a couple different ways. Let us know some topics we should talk about. We're uh, looking for, uh, you know, there's different ways to get into games and talk about games these days. And so we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And, uh, of course, any comments you have otherwise for us, you can go to Twitter and Instagram. Excuse me. Twitter and Instagram at Roasted Games. Uh, one, sorry, Worcester Games One. You can also go to our uh, Facebook page. You can go to uh, so many different places, but those are the best ones. And uh, get a hold of us and let us know what you're what you're playing and what you're thinking about. Uh, so, until next time, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye.